Katie Armor raised the standard. Finally, AR500 steel core body armor that comfortably conforms to the chest and torso. Unique design distributes weight, feeling lighter, increases mobility, and lessens fatigue. Introducing the Combat Quad Bend CQB, a revolutionary plate-forming process that caters to the end user. The CQB is an industry game-changer, a must-have for the ladies. Available now only at katiearmor.com, c-a-t-i-armor.com. Come and take it. Now's your chance to get the last of the Resolution Radio Blood Tees. Only a few left available before we try to do a reorder. This has been a high-selling item, and we really appreciate everyone's support in getting this shirt and showing their pride as well as showing their heritage. Nothing counts more than blood. Get yours today from Resolution Radio. Only $25 plus $5 shipping and handling. It really helps the network improve, and you really get a great product to showcase what you truly believe in. Nothing counts more than blood. Only from Resolution Radio at ResolutionRDO.com. Send check, money order, or well-concealed cash to Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. That's Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Rampant hacking, identity theft, mass surveillance. Defending yourself today is not an option. It's a requirement. Introducing the Conceal Shield Travel Pack from DefenderShield.com. Conceal Shield is cutting-edge wireless blocking technology that eliminates all signals, including EMF, GPS, and RFID. Place cell phones, credit cards, IDs, and other trackable items into the Conceal Shield, and they become totally invisible. Get Conceal Shield now at DefenderShield.com. Use promo code CONCEAL for 10% off. Guard your privacy, secure your data, and protect your health with Conceal Shield. Hold on right there, my friend. Uh, that's very interesting and giving you a little bit of background on our featured guest for the evening, Stefan Brockus of Arctos Media and Europa Terra Nostra. A little bit of background on who he is and what his story is, and we'll be back with hey more there, next. Hey, family. This is James Edwards, your host of The Political Cesspool. Folks, I want you to subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper. Against all odds, AFP has and continues to publish a populist, independent print newspaper with an unparalleled track record. Founded by a dedicated group of experienced patriots, AFP pulls no punches and tackles the most controversial and pressing issues facing America from an America First perspective. I've worked with the American Free Press since even before the beginning of TPC. Now that's something. You can subscribe to the print edition by visiting AmericanFreePress.net today or simply pick up a handy digital edition subscription. However you do it, subscribe to the American Free Press, America's last real newspaper, by visiting AmericanFreePress.net or by calling 1-88-699-NEWS, AmericanFreePress.net. You've made a serious investment in protecting yourself and your family. You've purchased the gun, the ammunition, the training, and even secured a license to carry in your state. You know the Constitution and don't believe you should have to pay for a right that you already have, as written in the Second Amendment, but you are law-abiding. Now you are considering the legal defense options you should have if you ever have to use a firearm. Self-Defense Fund is a comprehensive litigation membership backing you on appeals, legal expenses, court costs, and more up to $1 million per incident and unlimited attorney costs per member. Discover SelfDefenseFund.com for yourself. Any weapon, any state, any time. In the early 1900s, certain companies were off-gassing highly toxic fluoride gases into the atmosphere. 
the surrounding communities began to get sick. Laws were enacted to compel these corporations to install scrubbers to convert these gases into fluorosilicic acid, still highly toxic, but containable. Now these companies had a stockpile of this poison, and there was no affordable way to dispose of it. Lucky for them, one of their major stockholders was also the Secretary of the Treasury, who was responsible for the public health service at the time. And by 1950, the U.S. government began buying this toxic, untreated industrial waste product and dumping it into our drinking water. Reputable studies show that it's causing various cancers and other disease. With the Alexa Pure Pro, you can have clean drinking water and a remedy to this madness. Available now at InfoWarsStore.com. Are you prepared to bug out? Infidel Body Armor and an Army Ranger have produced a high-speed DVD and book to show you how to drive in combat, patrol, and how to survive in combat. Skills you'll need when it hits the fan. Go to DrivenDVD.com. DrivenDVD.com. You're listening to Resolution Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. Welcome to Season 6 of the Fire and Trainers Podcast, Episode 14. We are part of the ConcealedCarry.com network of podcasts. This episode, we'll be talking with Brian McLaughlin about apocalyptic medicine. It's a very interesting topic. Help us reach more instructors by giving us a five-star rating in your favorite podcast app. This helps those instructors find us and also lets all the search engines know the value you see in our content. Sit back and relax for this week's episode of the Fireman Trainers Podcast. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Fireman Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. What you need to do is be a certified instructor and you can apply for coverage. And as listeners, you can go along and get 10% off of your policy by using promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by guns.com. Do you know on guns.com, you can not only buy guns with confidence, but you can also sell your firearms safely, securely, and legally. All you need to do is go to guns.com, and then we'll walk you through the entire process. While you're on their website, don't forget to check out their giveaway. They're giving away a Beretta A400. All that's required is you have a valid email address. Remember, guns.com for your next firearm purchase or sale. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by Brian McLaughlin from Mount Land Medical. Welcome, Brian, and thank you for coming back on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Always have good conversations. Yeah, always great insight. Um, you've got a lot of experience. And I think our topic today about apocalyptic medicine, um, not that you've gone through that uh, a lot, but I know from your time over in the uh, Gulf Wars and things like that, uh, you had quite a bit of uh, experience in figuring out how to uh, take care of people and such. So I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Oh, me too. I think we'll have a good time. Well, Brian, apocalyptic medicine. What does that mean to you when you say something like that? Because um, my mind goes back to Apocalypse Now, you know, the Vietnam War movie and how uh, dark it was at that point. But what's that mean in your mind when it comes to medicine? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think uh, for for all of my life, it feels like uh, 
I've been told that been, been told that the world is about to end at some point. So it's always been kind of like on the horizon. You know, my um, <clears throat> I moved out to the middle of a, a farm in the middle of nowhere uh, for Y2K because my dad was convinced that uh, the infrastructure was going to collapse over Y2K. Right. So we moved out to the middle of nowhere to a farm so we could self-sustain ourselves and all this kind of stuff. And uh, when uh, the year 2000 rolled around and Y2K didn't do anything, I remember being pretty disappointed because <laughs> I thought it was going to be pretty interesting, you know, to see everything kind of collapse because I was like 12 at the time, you know, <laughs> nowadays I'm less inclined to that. I'm very safe and secure and ha happy and comfortable where I'm at. And so I'd rather the apocalypse not occur, but I would say, you know, my, my time in the military was as close to the apocalypse as I've ever gotten as in a war zone, you know, not having everything that you need and, um, you know, everything being very dirty and filthy and that kind of stuff. But even then we had plenty of resources that, you know, in a real apocalyptic end of the world type of scenario, you're not going to have all those types of resources that we're very comfortable and we kind of take for granted nowadays. So, you know, a doctor's role in an apocalypse is one of those where you don't have the infrastructure to support you like you normally would for normal healthcare. So a lot of this is kind of for people who are already working in the healthcare industry and they're going to be looked at as somebody who is going to be a leader and like their local community doctor because they have some medical skills and you're going to have to look at your health care much differently because you're not going to have everything that you're used to so what are some of the things that you can train yourself in um, to start studying up so that when the time comes you know if you're thrown into a situation like this where you are the health care provider you can make a good benefit and a difference for everybody around you I think the one thing for people to uh, realize, instructors, why I think this is a you know important topic to really wrap our minds around. You learned, you practice this in a war zone. This could happen in northern part of the United States uh, because of a blizzard. Because you know you you dump you know a foot two feet of snow on an area, and doesn't matter how who you can call nobody's going to get to you until they can plow the roads to your house. And that could be hours or days, uh, you know, down South, you know, it could be hurricanes, could be flooding, uh, you know, that could be widespread to where 911 is, they, you know, that's not even working uh, for you. You know, it could be, it could be earthquakes out uh, West, you know, California, it could be out volcanoes or it could just be civil, um, you know, disorder. You know, we go along, we've seen a lot of things over the last uh, couple of years with the pandemic and everything you go to assume that you can pick the phone down on one and have somebody at your door, you know, with a medical kit, with an ambulance and everything in 10, 15 minutes in most metropolitan areas, uh, goes right out the door. And all of a sudden you are looking at not a, you know, okay, how soon can we get them there is can I keep them alive over the next hours or days, maybe even weeks for it. Um, in my personal situation, I go hunting. And one of the things with, you know, hunting that's always challenge is you're going away from where people are, where the easy access is, and hopefully where the animals are. Right. And that puts you into a certain risk category that if something goes wrong, you know, i.e. I break my leg, I might be able to call. I might be able to tell somebody exactly where I'm at. 
it might still take them hours, if not uh, you know, a day or more to get to me because of where I am. And those are all situations to where you've really got to be able to wrap your head around uh, you know, how, how to go along and be that medical person, whether you take care of yourself or taking care of somebody else in your immediate area, you know, in your neighborhood, you know, your next door neighbor, middle of a blizzard, you know, you know, you get the call and they're, you know, they fell down and, you know, they, they broke their hip or did things along those lines. Well, what do you do if, you know, when you call 911, they say, well, it'd probably be a day or two before we can make it there because the snowplow is currently stuck, you know, trying to, trying to make way to, to there. So there's, a lot of a lot of situations that you could uh, definitely use use kind of apocalyptic medicine. Uh, hopefully not regularly, but come in to uh, make sure you've at least taken care of things. Oh, Brian, can you walk us through um, kind of kind of some of the steps that you think when it comes to you know apocalyptic medicine? Yeah, well, I think that there are nine main categories of things that you should pay attention to. Um, if you're going to start studying up on this kind of stuff to make the best possible difference. And I think the first one is going to be your basic first aid. Like you you need to know how to control bleeding effectively. Um, and a lot of times healthcare providers will, will say something, you know, like I'm a doctor or, you know, I learned this in medical school at some point. But unless you are an ER doctor or, you know, you are a very special type, specialized type of doctor, you're probably not going to have maintained those skills over the course of your career. So this is definitely something that you want to make sure that you are staying on top of because things might have changed uh, since the last time you've been through. And it won't matter at all if you have, um, if you're taking care of a bunch of people and they have severe bleeding, you're going to need to know how to control that or you're not going to be able to help them anyway. So making sure that you can do that is going to be essential. Um, wound packing um, and knowing how to use tourniquets are going to be your first most essential parts of that. And then if you're attached to a military type unit um, using chest seals and knowing how to use all those types of things are going to be important. Um, but you're going to run out of those pretty rapidly. Um, you're not going to have all of the materials that you're going to need to take care of everybody because you. this is an apocalypse situation. Your supply lines are going to be down. The infrastructure is going to be shot. You're not going to be able to order in what you need. So you're not going to have the gear to take care of people. So how are you going to handle that? Um, your next step is going to be resource management. You need to be able to take care of people with what you've got around you and being able to send people out maybe to scavenge for some, some supplies if you can get them. Um, but also maybe being able to improvise your own gear and equipment if you possibly can. So you're not going to have all of the resources that you normally have, like MRIs, lab technicians, x-rays, um, all of the different things that you're going to have to be able to do your job. You're not going to have that. So you're going to have to figure out your way around that. How are you going to do the greatest benefit to everybody? Um, even like a very experienced doctor is more of an overqualified EMT when it comes down to uh, an apocalypse type of a situation. Um, they might have a ton of knowledge, but without all of those resources to help them to treat the patient, um, it's not going to do them a whole lot of good. So essentially, everybody needs to learn your basic EMT skills here. And think about all the types of gear that you might have on an ambulance. <clears throat> what are some of the things that we can um, think outside the box and make for ourselves in this situation? That's what's going to be the best best benefit for you. 
And I've got some uh, resources online um, that can help you with that quite a bit. Um, I've got my YouTube channel over at Mount Man Medical um, where I teach how to improvise tourniquets. And we also have bleeding control um, training called the Emergency Trauma Response Course. It's totally free. It's about an hour and 17 minutes long of a bunch of different videos. And you can do it all at your own pace. And that will teach you all the basics of bleeding control uh, to kind of help you out quite a bit here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's uh, what you brought up as far as supply lines and things like that, I think is extremely important to realize because when you're faced with something like this, you don't have an Amazon Prime delivery, you know, to where they'll deliver it to you the next day or within an hour or two. You don't, you may not even have access to the what, what you would prefer. You may have to be using, you know, torn up bed sheets. You may have to be using, um, you know, other, uh, you know, improvised pieces of ropes and different things like that in order to make slings to go along, make uh, tourniquets, make make do with what you've got at the time, all depending upon what you've got in your immediate medical kit too, which also bring, brings up um, from a preparation standpoint, uh, which which one of the Mountain Man Medical medical kits would you recommend for like a, you know, an apocalyptic, if somebody wants to have their family ready to have be that neighborhood medical uh, person in case of, uh, you know, severe system uh, collapse? Yeah, I, I, I've I already designed a couple of kits that I think that would work really well here. Uh, the first one you had mentioned, uh, you know, being in the backwoods as a hunter. Um, and I have put out a kit called the Tracker, which is designed to be a um, lightweight emergency trauma kit for when you're in the backcountry to fit it on your belt. You know, ounces equal pounds, pounds equal pain. So we want to make sure we have something nice and compact and small and lightweight. But we also want to have everything in it that we need to take care of ourselves when we're out in the woods and it's just us. So uh, the tracker would be a small on your belt type of kit that you might want to have for that type of a situation. But, uh, but trying to take care of multiple people is going to be a lot more difficult. You're going to have to need you need more gear. So. Uh, I will go to recommend the Wind River trauma kit. It comes with double of everything that our Yellowstone trauma kits have in it, plus a bunch of extra items, uh, some over-the-counter Motrin and Tylenol and um, ibuprofen and some antiseptic ointment, some various things that can help you to stay nice and clean and keep your infection level down in a situation like that. Anytime you're out in the wilderness, or in an apocalyptic type of environment, it's super dirty. So making sure you have a good supply of Band-Aids, you know, and basic minor wound care things is going to be essential because even a small wound, if you don't take care of it, because it's just naturally so dirty all the time, um, it's going to have a high chance for infection. So making sure you've got a good stock of Band-Aids and Neosporin, antiseptic ointment, that kind of thing is going to be uh, uh, really important for you. So. I would recommend checking out the uh, Wind River and the Tracker Trauma Kits over at MountMedical.com. Definitely, because uh, like we were talking about system collapse, we don't, we may or may not have running water. We may not have access to a lot of things. And uh, from personal experience, infection's no fun at all. And you know, you put a bandaid on a boo boo, and it's all good. But once that boo boo becomes infected, it's uh, a whole different game and it's uh, no fun at all. 
no fun at all. Yes. Now, um, that actually leads me right into the very next topic, which is infection control. Uh, we were chatting a little bit here before the podcast started, and we were talking a little bit about how how bad infection control was during the uh, Civil War era. Mm-hmm. More people were killed from infection than from, you know, bullet wounds and that kind of thing, which, you know, is, is pretty standard for most warfare throughout all of time. Um, the first people to really start to use like battlefield medicine and cleanliness techniques was actually the Roman legions. They were the first ones to deploy ambulances and medics to the battlefield with tourniquets to transport the wounded off of the battlefield to a um, surgical station um, that was set up nearby the battlefield just to save the lives of medics or save the lives of the soldiers. And then every night there was a crew of soldiers that would comb through the entire hospital and clean it from uh, floor to ceiling with uh, vinegar to try to keep away as much of the uh, bacteria and that kind of stuff as they possibly could. So this is something that was started by the Romans, but we only just kind of started picking it up in the last, you know, couple hundred, uh, last hundred years or so, 150 years when we started making big advances in infection control. And since then, that has been the greatest saving of human life um, since, uh, you know, um, for, for most of humanity. So infection control in an apocalyptic scenario is going to be one of the primary concerns of a healthcare provider here. You know, not only are you going to be taking care of the minor aches and pains and things that, that are going to pop up, but you're going to be making sure that your community is adhering to very strict guidelines when it comes to infection control. So learning some basic techniques for waste removal you know, um, how to set up latrines and things like that. You're not going to have sewage and running water. So you're going to have to know, hey, I've got a lot of people kind of cramped in one tiny little space and everybody's just using buckets for right now. Where are we going to empty these buckets out? You know, these are going to be important questions you're going to have to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. And knowing how to, you know, create some of that stuff to keep your community, uh, community's infection levels down is going to be very important. Yep, knowing, knowing how to go along sterilize water, going along knowing you know different things you can use, vinegar, alcohol, and such to you know sterilize things. And just note, uh, whiskey, even though it's got alcohol in it, is not a you know it is not a cleaner. For it, you need to have you know rubbing alcohol uh, type of, to really go along and uh, you know really clean and not leave sugars and other potential bacteria har- harboring type of things on, on the surfaces. So there's a lot of different things to look at and know how to uh, properly manage uh, for. But what, what's our ne- next step, Doc, when it comes to uh, you know apocalyptic medicine? Well, I think uh, one of the next primary concerns is going to be psychological first aid. Um, not only are you going to be seeing to your your patients and your community's physical health, but pretty often you're going to be looked at as one of those mental health providers as well. So being able to understand, you know, basic techniques for being able to talk to somebody in a crisis is going to be important. Uh, I know one of the things that I went through quite a bit as as an ER tech and um, through my 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 career in the military was, you know, how to talk to somebody in a crisis, you know, that verbal judo, how to talk somebody down 
off of a ledge kind of a thing is going to be one of those important parts of it. So making sure that you're working very closely with your local religious leaders, you know, that's going to be important, getting them involved and helping to support them um, to take care of their community and their flocks uh, is going to be one of those important aspects of it. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think one, one thing to uh, put in that into that category, psychological first aid, don't overlook your own psychological first aid because a you're being thrown in this, this apocalyptic situation like everybody else where people are like, Oh my gosh, you know, things are so terrible. This is horrible. You might have, you know, you're helping people that were walking around and healthy, you know, a couple of days before that. Now you're wondering if they're even going to make it through the night, those, those type of uh, medical things. And that's where, you know, going out and seeking some, uh, you know, religious, you know, help, to go along and you know really try to you know put things in perspective that you know there's a reason you're there and the reason is to help other people and it can be tough it can be difficult it can really stink but at the same time guess what you're there and there's a reason for you being there and you've got to make sure you keep your head screwed on straight because if you lose it then everything starts collapsing you know 10 10 times what it was Previously, when you just had one person who was, uh, you know, having bad thoughts and all of a sudden everybody's having bad thoughts and psychological uh, attitude makes a big difference on the survival of patients without a, without a question. Absolutely. I could not agree more. That's actually one of my my uh, topics further down on the list is self-care, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you a lot of times, you know, people in this industry, you know, firearms trainers tend to be a very particular type of person, you know, and they tend to give a lot. You know, they're the type of person to step up and be the leader. And often those leaders can forget to take care of themselves because everybody around them needs them so much, you know, and this is you got to pay attention to your own needs, you know, and you need to be a little bit selfish. You know, you if you die or you get severely injured or something like that, then what good are you to your community? You are an mm -hmm. essential part of, you know, helping everybody around you. You know, uh, a lot of us combat medics, we'd like to say to each other, apply your own tourniquet first, right? You're not good to anybody dead. You know, you got to take care of you first. So try to make sure that you're paying attention to a little bit of the self-care is going to be one of those important aspects of, you know, the mental health of an apocalyptic situation is going to be rough on you. So paying attention to that and anticipating it is going to be a, an important part of it, I think. Uh, yep, because man. you're going to be you're going to be a leader, you got to be able to step up. And that kind of leads me into my next um topic which was leadership and communication. I mean, you're going to be talking to the local brass of whoever's in charge of your area, whether it's the police department or it's a local military that has come in. Maybe even you've got some warlords or local gangs in the area that are operating. You know, they hear there's a doctor in the area. They might want to come over and, uh, you know, request some of your services. So knowing how to handle communication in that type of environment is going to be, you know, in a fairly essential part of that, you know. So, yeah, keeping that on the list is going to be in an important part of it. Mm-hmm. De definitely. And again, like you said, you're you're an essential resource to the community and you will have people looking for your expertise. And again, know your limitations because people will come to you with all kinds of issues. And if it's outside your realm of knowledge, then you know you need to know that so you don't get yourself into you know a bigger problem for it. 
Uh, yeah, and you might uh, get an opportunity to secure resources for yourself, uh, mm-hmm. for your community. You know, you can lend out some of your skills as a medic and get some extra resources in, you know, to kind of help you out. Not only that, but it's like a goodwill mission to everybody around you. Like, hey, you know, don't fight us. You know, we're the good guys. We're going to help you out. You know, we'll provide some medical care. Let me take care of your uh, your kids that are, you know, that are doing so hot and that sort of thing. And if we're able to, you know, get more resources, that helps us with our sustainable medicine, right? That's the next topic on the list is like, we're not going to have all the resources that we need. So how can we be more sustainable in the types of resources that we have? And primarily for that, it's going to be important for you to have textbooks to refer back to. You're not going to remember all of this stuff. Um, So there are a bunch of different types of books out there that are on this particular topic. Uh, There's one that's really nice. It's called uh, Where There Is No Doctor. Um, And another one that is the secondary to that's called When There Is No Dentist. Uh, A lot of people don't understand that uh, dentistry is so important. Um, If you don't have dentistry, uh, dental problems can kill you just as quickly as any other medical problem. So um, having some of those resources on hand for you to refer back to, I think is going to be very important. Um, There's one additional book that I would highly recommend. It's called the Special Operations Medical Handbook. And that is the best book that I could recommend for anybody that wants to be an apocalypse doctor. It has got so much stuff in there. Um, It talks about uh, OBGYN problems, uh, veterinarian issues, how to take care of horses and dogs and that kind of thing wound closure and uh, infection control. There's just so many great things in that. And it's not that expensive. And it's a great one to add to your collection. Yeah. And the one thing I would go along, there are a lot of great resources that you can find on the internet. But keep one thing in mind when we're talking about apocalyptic medicine, you might not have electric, you might not have uh, internet. And that's where having books and, you know, be able to refer back to it. I've got, I've got a special operations book on my bookshelf, just in case I need to go back and refer to those uh, various uh, topics in it. And I've got a medical kit with a lot of the uh, lot of the care items in there, just in case, because when things happen, I don't have the luxury of you know, ordering from Outman Medical and, you know, getting supplies, you know, in a couple of days or going along and uh, going down the corner store with my credit card and purchasing things, you know, depending upon how bad things are. Even cold, hard cash may not be worth anything if people are now trading in, you know, something else. So just uh, you got you got to think about, you know, what would I do if and come up with come up with ways working around it. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. What would I do if running yourself through those little scenarios, you know, like how would I do my job if I didn't have this particular type of a resource? You know, I think that is an excellent way to do things. Um, you, you're setting yourself up for success that way because you're doing a lot of the training ahead of time. That visualization thing is something I've used to a lot of effect in, a, in very emergent situations. You know, it's high stress, and but because I already visualized what I was going to do in that situation, you know, it was just snap decisions and they were the right decisions. Um, that kind of thing works really well in fighting, which I think is my last topic on my list is, you know, if you're going to be putting yourself into some sort of a fighting situation, knowing how to, um, or 
thinking ahead of time what your line in the sand is, is something that will help you to fight more effectively, to know when to go. Um, and if you're going to be in the apocalypse situation, as a healthcare provider, a lot of times we can, you know, kind of get caught up in this, um, you know, do no harm, you know, kind of thing. And uh, we're so used to taking care of people that we can forget that we need to defend ourselves, right? If we go down, like, that's a huge blow to our community. It's important for us to stay alive. And if this is the apocalypse situation, there's a good chance that you're going to need to know what to do if you pick up a gun off the ground and you need to defend yourself with it. <coughs> Having a couple of, of um, basic fighting skills, one of those is weapons familiarization, knowing how to use your basic uh, pistols and rifles and shotguns, how they operate, that might be a very important aspect in the apocalypse type of situation. I also recommend learning some hand fighting skills. You know, do you know how to get someone to stop grabbing you? You know, how to push somebody who's sitting on your chest, how to get them off of you. So a little bit of grappling or wrestling skills um, and some striking skills, you know, would be important, not just in your every day-to-day life, but for this in particular. Yeah, and one thing that you you were talking about Y2K, I can remember at the time, uh, you know, one thing I told people who came to Y2K that they had to wrap their minds around is this whole thing that you, Y2K, nobody could survive that by themselves just because of the resources that we need, food, shelter, uh, all that. If we didn't have a group of people around us, all it would take is for us to get one nasty bug and all of a sudden it puts us out and with that think about you know talking to your neighbors think about talking to people in your community because if you know somebody has certain resources and you have certain resources and you can start teaming up you've got a lot better survival situation if you've got you know 10 15 you know people in your neighborhood that are going to work together in apocalyptic situation and you can focus on the medicine part of it. They can focus on gathering food or taking care of child care, you know, doing those, those types of things. Then you try to do everything because if you spend eight hours trying to patch people up, what time do you have to go along and, you know, gather, you know, roots and, and nuts and berries or, you know, get an animal. And at the same time, how much time do you have to ster- sterilize your, your water and do those types of things. But it, again, if you get a group of people, your security becomes easier, your, you know, ability to withstand, um, you know, uh, adversary conditions, you know, definitely increases. And at the same time, you can give something back to them because guess what? You are now taking care of their headaches. You're taking care of their, um, you know, wounds, di- different things along those lines, because guess what? Even though it's apocalyptic, you still end up having, headaches and other aches and pains and knowing what you've got, and how you can go along and uh, work with it is a very valuable skill. Yeah. I would say that this is kind of the opposite of the bug out bag, you know, like this is the, the bug out bag is one of those super popular buzzwords these days that, you know, at least in the communities that I run in, everybody's got a bug out bag or a get home bag or something like that, you know, and the whole idea of that is, you know, it's, I understand it totally. Don't get me wrong. I I have my own bug out bag and everything, uh, but the the concept of it is essentially selfish. You know, I'm just going to get just me out. You know, I'm not going to sit here and try to help anybody. 
I'm just going to bail and just let everybody burn, you know, and I understand that whole aspect. But, uh, you know, being a healthcare provider in the apocalypse type of situation is the idea that we're stronger together, you know, that we if we have a community of like minded individuals, you know, we can get some things done, you know, some things that we might not get done all alone, you know, and uh, I think one of the things that I've learned through the course of my uh, career is how important it is to have a team around you. You know, there's this this whole um, archetype of the lone warrior you know, this lone wolf, the John Wick, he just rolls into every situation, just handles it perfectly. And uh, that's not really how it goes. You got to have somebody watching your back because it's dangerous out there, you know, and uh, we don't do so well on our own. A lot of people have this fantasy of just going off and being alone and living in the woods, you know, and, and watching the world burn. But uh, I don't really think that's the way it's going to go. Yep. Yeah, well, we very quickly find out that in in the wild, we're not always at the top of the food chain, too. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of things to consider when you're thinking about lone wolf. Uh, we're soft and pink, and we don't have claws or teeth. No, yeah, all we got is this brain. That's our greatest asset that we have. So that's what we got to make work, right? Yep, we got we got to use that to multiply the other skills that we have and or the skills that we don't have. You know, the the teeth and the and the claws and and raw strength for well hey brian got a quick question for you we've been asking all our season six uh, guests for what would you like to be remembered for when you pass away that's a really hard question <laughs> yeah but it's getting people to think about it because as trainers you know i, I challenge challenge the trainers that i teach you know think about who you're training how you're training because when you're gone whether you're you pass away or whether they're out of your classroom, that person's going to take what and how you taught them and apply it. And that could make a big difference to that person. And that's where I thought I'd get people thinking about what am I doing and how, what am I passing on to my students? Am I passing on the right skills? Hmm. Well, it's definitely something that I could probably uh, noodle on for quite some time. But I think the thing that comes as readily to mind is uh, and the court, the thing that I like the most about my job is I get the opportunity to meet some incredible men, just absolute studs. They are great husbands, incredible fathers, um, great friends, and absolutely 100% lethal. They're full of compassion and love. And uh, that that is what I aspire to be for myself. I would like to be devastatingly lethal, but kind. Um, so if I was known for anything after I was gone, then it would be something like that. Very good. I can honestly say nobody's uh, nobody's come up with that combination yet. So that's uh, very good. Very good. Well, Brian, I know we've only touched on the whole apocalyptic medicine just a little bit because there's you would go a lot deeper dives in those books and all different kinds of topics around there but where can people find out more information about your article and uh, other videos that you have uh, out there on on these topics absolutely um head over to mountainmanmedical.com we sell trauma kits high quality stuff i trust and uh they're going to be anything that you need for whatever you got going on um we have the emergency trauma response course It'll teach you how to use everything in there for free. 
And then, of course, you can find me on all the social medias um, at YouTube. We got a YouTube channel where we talk about all of the various components, gear, and uh, techniques for taking care of people in an emergency type of situation. And I also like to throw in a little bit of philosophy here and there about how to handle an emergency situation um, more calmly. You know, what are some of the things that we can do to handle a very stressful moment in a much calmer way? I think that's one of the greatest things that I like to pass on as much as possible. But hey, head over to mountainmanmedical.com. Get us uh, get yourself a Yellowstone or a Wind River trauma kit. Super. I'll have links in the show notes for that. And Brian, as always, we really appreciate you coming on, sharing your knowledge on medical situations, uh, helping instructors be a little bit more uh, well-rounded when it comes to their medical advice that they give students and medical advice that they might actually have to do some time on the range. It's uh, always important and it's a lot nicer to talk about it, I'm not under the pressure of having somebody uh, uh, having a medical issue in front of you. So I definitely appreciate your time to give to the audience today. Absolutely. I, I'm wearing my FTA uh, shirt right now. I, I don't know if you uh, saw that, but I'm uh, pretty proud of it. I assume if you're a firearms instructor, you're teaching people to fight, you know, and fighting's a dangerous occupation. That's a dangerous endeavor. You got, if you're going to carry the tools to punch holes in people, you got to carry the tools to patch holes in people. So absolutely love that. Hey, Rob, I appreciate you having me on. It's always a pleasure, sir. Take care. We'll talk to you later. That's a wrap for this episode, and I hope you found our conversation with uh, Brian enlightening and maybe give you a few ideas about some training or some different supplies that you need to have on hand in your house. Just in case, if you're searching for additional information on medical uh, for instructors and such, you can go out to our podcast, www.firetrainerpodcast.com, and search our website for all the previous episodes in the upper right-hand corner. Visit our sponsors, especially Farm Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Remember, listeners to this podcast, you get 10% off by using promo code FTP10 at checkout. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, you, the fire instructors out in America that dedicate time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe out there, everyone. Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel. You're listening to Resolution Radio, 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 ResolutionRDO.com. I meant what I fucking said. And now I got a bunch of people asking me, oh, what are we going to do? What should we do? Educate yourself. Spread the word. The United Nations has just declared war on the truth. They're telling you outright, if you speak up, you're a conspiracy theorist. Shouldn't be believed. Should be approached in a certain fashion. The authorities should be contacted and all kinds of neat shit. Do they want war? Arm yourself with facts. Get out there and start telling the people. You don't want to do it on social media? Do it in person. Do it on the telephone. 
Do it like we used to do, standing around on the street corner having a coffee. Do you know who your enemy is? The World Economic Forum? For 51 years they've been working at this. They've been planning and scheming, working as hard as they can. And now, here we are. Klaus Schwab has admitted that for over 45 years, they've been working directly with the CCP. Now here we are in Canada and the U.S. We got 5G, military-grade 5G technology right across the country. Where did it come from? Who owns that technology? And what's going to happen when they don't like it? Get to know your enemy. Get to know the facts. Beat the fuck up. Be a warrior. That's what we need to do. Instead of following Marcus like a bunch of fucking sheep. Iodine is naturally acquired through the soil, which is at the foundation of our entire food supply. Modern farming techniques have stripped the soil of this essential trace element, which has caused an iodine deficiency in about half the population. And there are two things we need to do about it. We need to practice more regenerative farming. There are plenty of proven technologies in permaculture and biodynamics that will naturally keep the soil rich with iodine. And we need to ensure that we get the sufficient amount of iodine every day. Derived from ancient sea salts found thousands of feet below the Earth's surface, our InfoWars Life Survival Shield X3 is hands down the best. Pure nascent iodine, stabilized in an activated tri-iodine form for a healthy thyroid and a healthy metabolism. Get yours now at InfoWarsStore.com. There are many water filters to choose from, but there is only one system that is consistently customer rated five stars as the number one system for effective filtration of fluoride, radiation, drug residues, heavy metals, a wide range of radioisotopes, and more. Introducing the Pure Effect Ultra, the next generation water filter that also raises alkaline pH, improves antioxidant potential, and has advanced anti-radiation technology all while using no electricity. Sold worldwide, it provides virtually instant clean water on demand. It is not made in China and the shipping is free to all 50 states. Buy your Pure Effect Ultra today by visiting pureeffectfilters.com or call 888-891-4821. Again, that's 888-891-4821 or visit pureeffectfilters.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy.